Welcome. You're listening to the Heritage Podcast. To learn more about Heritage, including meeting times and upcoming events, visit us online at www.heritageff.org. Now, let's get into today's podcast. Thank you. All right, so let's get into today's service. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and get them out. And you can turn to 1 John. We're going to be starting our first scripture into 1 John, and we'll get into it. My title today is, God Loves Me, So I Love Me. Let me say it again. God loves me, so I love me. Uh, But sometimes in our lives we think, does God, or let me ask you this question, uh, does God really love you? I know this seems like a a no-brainer question to ask, but it's really important because our foundation in God, our foundation in Christ is is, uh, determined, it has to be rooted and grounded in the understanding that God loves me. I have to understand that. I have to understand that God loves me no matter where I am in life. And sometimes for us in life, that can be a hard thing to answer. Because there's circumstances that come up. But in 1 John, we get some clarity on this subject. So 1 John chapter 4, we're going to read verses 15, 16, and then jump to 19. So I'm going to start reading. 1 John chapter 4, 15, 16, and 19. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives inside them, and they in God. And so we know and rely on the love of God that he has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. Verse 19, we love because he first loved us. Let's go ahead and pray. Father, we just come before you. We thank you for this amazing opportunity that we have to gather virtually, no matter where we are, that we can gather in your name, that we can still press into your anointing and what you have for us tonight, Lord. I declare that I would decrease so that you, the greater one on the inside of me, would increase, Lord. I thank you for each and every person that is watching the broadcast, no matter where they are, that they are blessed, they're healthy, and they're whole, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, sometimes we can begin to doubt, does God really love me? Maybe because there's circumstances that are going on in our lives. Things that we didn't account for, that we didn't expect, that we weren't planning on happening, and we feel alone in life. Maybe there's a a relationship that failed. There's a marriage that that just broke apart. There's a, a... absent of a loved one. Maybe there's a death in the family. Maybe there's your children uh, keep uh, moving further and further away from you mentally, spiritually, and physically. And you just, you, whatever you do, you just can't keep them close to you and you just feel alone. Maybe there's a loss of a job and you feel inadequate at times and you, you feel this loneliness in your heart and you begin to, to then say, well, maybe then God doesn't love me because I feel so alone. And if God loved me, then I wouldn't feel alone in this situation in life. And Maybe it's like the, the statement says that we feel we, we deserve the love that we feel we deserve. We, we accept the love that we feel we deserve. And we equate that to God and say, well, then maybe I don't deserve God love, God's love because there's something in my heart. There's somewhere in there that I just feel like inadequate, that I don't deserve God's love because of 
all this stuff going on in my life. I don't, I don't feel God's love, and so I must not deserve God's love because of the things that are going on in my life. Turn with me to the book of Matthew, chapter 10, verse 29 through 30. We're going to read this. Matthew chapter 10, it says, Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet not one of them fall to the ground apart from the Father knowing. And even the very hairs on your head are all numbered. So don't be afraid. Listen to this. You are worth more than many sparrows. I love that this is a, it kind of makes it plain for us. Because there's times in our lives where we just feel like we don't, uh, we aren't valued, that we aren't worthy of God's love. And God is saying, look, there's these birds that are just out there in the world and they're just flying around. And God is trying to get us to understand that there's not one sparrow that falls from the sky without me knowing. God is saying, I know each and every sparrow that falls from the sky. And then he goes even a little further. He says, the hair that's on your head, or maybe you're at a place where you've lost all your hair. Well, he still remembers how each and every hair that fell off your head. It doesn't matter because God is trying to get you to understand that each and every hair on your head is numbered and he knows them. That's how valuable you are to him. That's how interested he is in you, that he knows the number of hairs that are on your head or whatever you've got left up there. But there's times where we just feel that we, don't, we aren't valued. Maybe it's because there's things going on in our lives and we just don't feel that value. I feel alone in this situation. And I don't know why. I just feel unvalued. Do you ever uh, remember, or do you remember a John, uh, the Apostle John? I like reading through the book of John. It's a, it's a great book. If you've never, if you're just getting into Christianity and you're, you're with us today and this is your first kind of experience or introduction into Christianity and who Jesus is, I encourage you on your time to read the book of John. John is a great book. It's a great introductory into who God is and why Jesus came on the, to, the, to the earth. And, and the whole plan of salvation is laid out in the book of John. It's a straightforward book and I encourage you to read it. But John is a very... Uh, He's a, an interesting character in the Bible. He refers to himself not as John, but as the beloved. And I always looked at this and I thought, man, this guy is super conceited. He's just really full of himself to declare. Not anybody declared to, declared to him. No one was like, hey, that's John the beloved. But John always declared of himself, always called himself the beloved. And he was always right next to Jesus. No matter what was going on, he would take the first seat next to Jesus. He would push anybody out of the way. He would be right next to Jesus. When they were at the Last Supper table, it says that John was leaning on the bosom, on the chest of Jesus. He was so close to him. I think it's because he felt that he deserved to be there. But I, I think about the terminology that he used. He says, I am the beloved. Or, or the beloved was this, and the beloved that. He refers to himself in this terminology, the beloved. And I thought it was weird at first, but then I began to realize that he's just describing the greatest feature about him. Let me say it again, that John is describing the greatest feature about him. Or the most important thing about John is that he's loved by God. 
And he understood this with every fiber of his being, that I am loved by God. See, a lot of people, uh, ministers, ministers, they, they, oh, I want to be a great communicator. I want a big church. I want, I want a church with, with um, multicultural and all these different things. And, or I want to have a great business. I want to have this. But what about just knowing and having the greatest feature or the greatest thing about you is you knowing with every fiber of being that God loves you? John didn't care about anything else. He wasn't in it trying to say, oh, I'm going to have a great ministry and I'm going to have all this. No, John was so proud and so infatuated with letting people know that I am loved by God. That that is where my foundation is. It's not anything else. My strength comes from my knowledge, my understanding that I am loved by God. And he declared it every chance he got that I, John, I'm loved by God. I'm the beloved. When was the last time you got up and looked at yourself in the mirror and said, you are loved by God? That in a situation that it didn't look like it was going your way, circumstances are to the right and to the left, and everything looks like chaos, and you stood strong and just said, you know what, I don't care what's going on because I am loved by God. And I put my trust in him, knowing that no matter what goes on, I'm his son. See, we, 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 uh, we lose sight of the fact that, yes, you've done some things in your life. You say, man, you don't know the, the, the situations I've been through. You don't know the habits that I've had to try to conquer, the addictions that I've had, the, this and that. And you start to say all these different things and you say, but understand that God doesn't see that person. When God looks at you, he sees you wrapped in Jesus. And he sees his very own son. And that's how John was able to say, it doesn't matter the things that I've done. It doesn't matter about my past or the mistakes that I've made. I know that I'm loved by God, and that's what I'm holding on to. That's where my strength comes from, knowing that I'm loved by God. And I want you encourage, I want to encourage you today to wake up in the morning and declare, I am loved by God. And that's where my strength comes from, knowing that I'm loved by God. Turn with me to the book of Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 49. Isaiah chapter 49. We're going to start our reading at verse 16. We're going to read. It says, See, I have inscribed you on the palms of my hand. Your walls are continually before me. Let me read it again. It says, See, I have inscribed you on the palms of my hand, and your walls are continually before me. Uh, this is kind of interesting. This is very poetic, and I understand that God is a spirit, and he doesn't have a form like we do, but this is a, uh, they're trying to paint a picture, an important picture that us as Christians, as children of God, need to get, grab a hold of. The scripture starts off with C. It says, God speaking. He's saying, see, I have inscribed your name on my palm. I like that he says, see, because he's trying to get your attention. God is continually trying to get your attention on him. He's trying to bring you close. God is not a distant God. He, he, he's not a philosophy or a theory or just a theological statement or something just obscure in universe. He's a personal God. And he's saying, see, look at me. Bring your attention here. It doesn't matter what's going on within the world. It doesn't matter what's going on politically. It doesn't go, matter what's going on uh, throughout the, the streets that are, that are in chaos right now. He's saying, look at me. Look here. 
I want your attention. And he's bringing focus back to what is most important, and that is him. He says, see, look at me. I have inscribed your name on my palm. It reminds me of a tattoo. I have some tattoos, and I remember as uh, Taj was young, I wanted to get a tattoo for him. And so I said, Taj, let me, I want to get a tattoo for you. And he loved dinosaurs, and he still does. And he says, I want a T-Rex. I want you to get a T-Rex for me. So I got a T-Rex. I have a T-Rex on my arm. You can see it here. It's a little a T-Rex skull that I have for him. And every time he sees it, he's like, that's for me. That, that's for me. I, you got that for me. Now, this, this T-Rex, it's not uh, uh, fake. You can't rub it off. You can't wash it off. It's a real tattoo. It's there. It's not going anywhere. It's permanent. And I love the description here because he's saying, I've literally inscribed your name on my palm. It will never leave. I need you to see this when you feel lonely, when you feel like utterly alone and you feel like God maybe is so distant from you or you feel you're so distant from God and and you just feel like everything is falling apart. God is saying, trying to grab your attention, look at me, look here. Your name is literally written on my palm. I hold you within my palm. The situation that you're going through, this this season of life that you're in, it's just that. It's a season and it will pass. That, That your todays are not your tomorrows. That God has more in store for you. That the book of your life is not yet done. Don't quit now. God says, see, look, I have your name. It's written right here in my palm and it will never leave. It can't wash off. It can't come off. It's not fake. It's permanently marked on my hand. And he's saying, your, my, your walls are continually before me. Your, your boundaries, the things that you're going through, I continually see your walls, your, your boundaries, your, your limits. I see them all. You remember in, in, in the Old Testament or in movies, you would see, we don't have like walls as far as like what we're talking about there, but they would have kingdoms and walls would be put around them. And you can tell how prosperous or how uh, good the city was by the walls that protected it. Sometimes the walls were big and strong, and sometimes the walls were broken down and beat up. And God is saying, I see your walls. I see that you're hurting. I see that you feel broken. I see that there's things that are falling apart. And I see your walls, and I'm going to to repair those walls. Uh, that, that stuff that you're going through, it has not gone unnoticed. I see you, but I need you to see me. I need you to understand that your name, I wrote it personally on my hand. I wrote your name on my hand. He's trying to get us to understand just how much he loves us. But we need to ask ourselves, what defines us? What defines us? Are we choosing to look at the circumstances around us for self-worth instead of choosing to have Jesus be our place of identity, to find our identity in Christ instead of the circumstances or instead of the, the lives that are going on around us? When we do that, we begin to define ourselves based on those around us, how they respond, how they act, how they treat us. That's how we begin to define our lives based on other people's perceptions of us. And this is, this is really dangerous because then we start to believe if I can have some kind of an image maintenance on my life, if I can 
somehow get myself uh, at a place to where I can elevate myself through my own works, then people will begin to accept me. And then maybe people will accept me and begin to love me. And this is dangerous because if you're doing your, if you're living your life working hard to get other people to love you, one mistake and they'll leave you. One, if your identity, if your strength, if your wealth, if your, if your personal value is placed in somebody else, it's a shallow place to be. One mistake and they will leave you. If that's where your value is. Our value needs to be anchored in Christ Jesus and the understanding that God loves me. Our identity, Jesus, is our source in this. There can be only one true place to find our identity. It's in Jesus. He gives us a sense of self-wealth, a sufficiency, that deep desire that we know we all desire, that we all have this desire to have wealth, a a good self-image in ourselves. And we only get that through the understanding that Jesus loves us, that God loves us, that that is where our identity lies. And we begin to draw closer unto God. When we begin to draw closer, we can look at Jesus and it reveals the reflection of how we can be when we begin to pursue God further. See, I just want to encourage you today that God loves you. That he sees you. That he's written your name on the palms of his hand. And it is his desire to get you to understand just how valuable you truly are. But that only happens when we pursue a relationship with him. Can we truly know his heart and his plan and his purpose for us? So tonight, I want to tell you that God loves you. That no matter what you're going through, he loves you. He has not left you and he has not forsaken you. If you're listening. If you were encouraged by today's message and believe it would be uplifting to others, then be sure to rate us and hit subscribe. To experience more of Heritage, visit us at www.heritageff.org. Again, thank you for listening to the Heritage Podcast today. And remember, Jesus is Lord.